are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This review is brought to you by the streaming service Film Movement Plus, which opens up a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But, as a listener of Digital Noise, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial, plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code NOISE. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. I hadn't been warned. I remember when this movie, The Dark and the Wicked, came out on VOD initially earlier this year. Well, earlier last year at Fantasia. I had friends of mine who were like, I'd go, so someone was saying something about The Dark and the Wicked, and they just kind of give you this look like, I'm not ready to talk about it. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Was it that bad? And some people were like, I loved it so much. And other people were like, I just don't enjoy movies like that. And like, like what? And nobody would tell me what the issue was. And the issue is, is that I've discovered some people who love horror movies movies don't actually want to be scared by horror movies <laughs> and i think the dark and the wicked for some people is that movie that actually crossed that line for them they're like no i found that very upsetting and uh and uh i don't, I don't want to talk about it nope <laughs> i'll be alone for a while and you know what i wonder if the reason is because what its subtext is which is very on the surface And I know for me, I found it deeply affecting that if you've ever been with a parent or a loved one as they're dying and in their final stages, when they start to become non-communicative, there's a lot of fucked up emotions that start getting stirred up in you of like guilt and memories and just anger and all this stuff. And the subtext here is that you could look at this whole movie as just a metaphor for what that is. Or you could watch it in a movie of some people who are dealing with demons who want to claim the soul of their father who is at that stage and is willing to take them along for the ride as well. Six one half dozen of the other. The experiences are quite similar. We are, in fact, talking about the dark and the wicked. I'm Chris. Joining me is Elliot. Hey, hey. Nathan. This fucker was bleak. You're bleak, fucker. I am. I am very bleak. (laughs) And Melina. Hello. Any movie that's poster is a giant upside down cross is going to provoke reactions strongly from a certain percentage of the populace. I doubt that's why it affected you, Melina. But (laughs) (laughs) I know for me, it makes me go, I got to see this thing. (laughs) That's ballsy (laughs) even today. But the story here follows Louise, played by the now everywhere Marin Ireland. A lot of people know her most recently from the Umbrella Academy playing Sissy, Mm -hmm. but she's in like everything. She's playing one of the leads in the upcoming Why the Last Man series as well. She and Michael Abbott Jr. as Michael, they're 
brother and sister haven't seen each other for a while come back to the family farm in texas where their mom is there saying i don't know why you came i told you don't come and she's kind of being a bitch and they're like what the fuck our dad is dying he's at that point where yeah he's just in bed he can't communicate anymore he's for all extents and purposes in a coma and they're like well we're going to be here and there's a nurse that comes and goes they're like okay well no matter what mom does we're going to be here and it's not long before mom really fucks herself up bad and <laughs> gorily and then commit suicide and they're like what in the living fuck is going on oh sure mom yeah don't come and then like oh well now you're here and then wednesday <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out it's an adams family movie so <laughs> yeah it's a tim burtony light sort of thing you'll find toys of this at hot topic they don't bring in the Danny Elfman score until she kills herself, and it's really anachronistic, you know? <laughs> but we do see the origin of Thing. <laughs> True. <laughs> They're starting to figure out what happened to their mother through bits and pieces, finding their diary, and it becomes clear that at least her mother believed that there was some sort of presence that was trying to claim the soul of their father, and she was there trying to stop it, but had reached a point where she's like, there is no stopping it. And they're, you know, I mean, like, would have, like, most people, that's fucking creepy. And she was clearly emotionally unbalanced, but, you know, obviously there's no demon. The problem is, obviously, there is a demon. <laughs> and it gets worse and heavier and darker and more fucked up. Till I know I was like, I can barely take this, but I'm, like, stuck between wanting to press pause and go do something else because I thought it was too intense to like, <laughs> no, if I do that, it's going to ruin the effect. And I like being really fucking frozen with fear when I'm watching a horror movie, not like in real life. So nobody stand outside my window and tap on it or anything. I enjoyed that experience very much, but I can't say that this is a movie that's feel good. No. Yeah. Not. Fuck man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on top of this insane week that we're having unprecedentedly, this was just a cherry on top of uh, bleakness, but this is really fucking effective. That's the most it has going for it outside of the amazing visuals and the performances. It's just so effective at creating that sense of dread you have. Every time they pull out those shining style like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's after the most fucked thing that you saw top the last most fucked thing that you saw just another stellar offering from shutter i mean if you're on shutter you have no excuse not to watch us outside of having a weak stomach i'm actually not one of those people who really has a weak stomach but there is that scene i don't want to spoil anything i think i've only seen the trailer one time and i know that the suicide scene is in the trailer so we're not spoiling a thing by pointing that out but the first big scare for me is the scene with the mother where she does something to herself that really made me question, maybe I don't have the rock hard stomach that I thought I did because that <laughs> messed with me for the rest of the night. I was like, I don't even want to go into the kitchen and be near a cutting board after seeing something like that. As somebody who cooks professionally, no. <laughs> the moment I see a cutting board in a horror movie, I'm like, uh-oh, every single time, like, oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> I had to cut carrots later the night that I watched this. I had to do it, but it was I did not enjoy it. <laughs> You'll never forget movies like this because when you cut stuff for real, you kind of bend your fingers and it looks like they're cut off already. <laughs> so every time you look down at you cutting, you're like, the dark and the wicked. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, I have some miso soup warmed up right now, and I debated whether or not I should cut the mushrooms in the miso soup, and I watched this <laughs> earlier today and just was like, get away from me, Satan, and just rip them. 
<laughs> just use the teeth. And that, you know, I mean, is a gory beginning, but still is one that it could just be indicating insanity. And I'm kind of glad this didn't end up being a movie that one of those that's like, oh, are they crazy or are they not? I mean, it's in the middle of the second act. They're like, no, there's definitely something fucking really, really evil and dark going on in the atmosphere here. And that is somewhat personified by the always great character actor Xander Berkeley, who shows up as a mysterious local priest who's like, hey, I just got in from Poltergeist 2. And boy, is my satanic Bible tired. I thought that was Bruce Dern for a moment. One of the creepiest intro scenes, I think, of all time, in my opinion. It's the brother played by uh, Michael Abbott Jr., whose character's name is Michael, who's coming up the drive and just sees him sitting there, and he's got the classic Max von Sydow outfit on. And I'm like, this guy's up to no good. I can already sense it. <laughs> it's in broad daylight, and I'm terrified of him. Country priest, right off the bat. You're like, mm, no. Right, like no. unshaven... <laughs> white yeah just, yeah just bad news all around this movie isn't kind of people's faces is it there's a lot of close-ups yeah a lot of like close focus on people's faces but that was really effective i really like that oh like, totally really totally set the mm-hmm. atmosphere yeah this is not a hollywood looking film at all i mean i don't mean to say it's an indie looking film i mean this is not one of those films with a bunch of real pretty people like in situations where you're like, well, come on, nobody's that pretty in that situation. Farmers aren't that pretty until they wake up in the morning. And these people look like farmers waking up in the morning and feeding the goats. And by the way, a farm filled with goats, you're pretty much going to be haunted at some point. End of story. They're goats, right? They're lovable and wonderful animals, and yet they're never going to escape being creepy as fuck at the same time. So That's true. There's this question, this lingering question through the whole movie. Why is this thing coming after us? Well, maybe it's because you own 50 goats. You're basically just asking for it at this point. And your primary choice of decor are antlers. And if you've seen Get Out, you know that's a bad idea. This is secretly a sequel to The Witch. This is just the same plot of land. Certainly felt like Fucked up shit going on. And while this uses some of the scare effects we've seen in other ghost movies, here's the thing. Most ghost movies don't lead to fatalities. And this one does. (laughs) And like, wow, when people get it, they get it in a way like the writer was pissed at their character or something. Like, oh, you're going to get it. Bad. Like I said, <laughs> like, not kind of people's shit. faces towards the end. As I got through, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh this character, God. I haven't seen you in a... Oh, shit. No. But this is directed by Brian Bertino, who actually has done some stuff I really liked. The original The Strangers in 2008, which I thought was exceptionally good and quite scary. Yes. He wrote the sequel, which isn't as good, but still is much better than it should be. But the main thing I think I really have to mention is the really criminally underseen 2016 film The Monster. He made with Zoe Kazan, who is with her daughter, her teeny daughter, trapped on a country road in her car when there's something outside killing anyone who gets out of their vehicle. And that movie, as simple as it is, is fucking terrifying and just has great drawn characters. It's a wonderful little movie that no one will go see, no matter how much I exhort them to. Hopefully now, The Dark and the Wicked is actually getting seen by a bunch of people and I think will be really loved by a lot of people. They'll go back and revisit some more stuff from this guy's career. After watching this, I wanted to go back and watch The Strangers again, and it made me want to go see Monster, because I think this guy, Ryan Bertino, he definitely has a theme that he likes to play with, and that's that idea of the unseen menace. Everybody remembers the famous shot from The Strangers where Liv Tyler is standing in the kitchen and the guy with the flower sack mask is standing in the background. It plays on the fear of there's something in here that's preying on me and I can't see it. It's that sense of vulnerability. And I think he does a lot of similar things here with the way he shoots it. 
lots of background things that you may not even see the first time around, but it does leave you feeling like something's not just watching these characters, something's watching me, and I feel like if I don't put my laptop down, it's coming for me. I'm one of the few people who has not seen The Strangers, and I've been curious whether or not it's actually good, because half the people I hear say it's, like, amazing are my age, which uh, usually means it's just like, oh, yeah, Get Out is, like, the only horror movie I've seen, but The Strangers is pretty good. They're actually right on this one. The Strangers is really good. Yeah, I'm now (laughs) going to go back and watch all of his other work, including Monster. I We'll finally respond to your email on that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he just produced it, but he was on The Black Coat's Daughter, which I thought was one of the major horror discoveries of 2015. I only one I haven't seen by him is Mockingbird, which he directed, wrote, and produced in 2014. And now I'm like, okay, I've got to go find that and watch it because this guy's got something. And you're right. Melina, when you say, like, there's something he's got about that, the unseen horror, he gets that shit down. And it gets under your skin, too. It is a bit of an infection. It's true, I'm still itching. <laughs> <laughs> that could just be the fact that there's no water where you are. That's probably, you know what, that makes a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> could be a demon itch, though, you never know. Got, it could be a demon, you know what I should do? I should check under the skin. Do you have that potato <laughs> peeler, honey? <laughs> Let's go to final thoughts. Elliot. I did not expect to like this film as much as I did, but it just sucked me in more and more. The performances are really good. The atmosphere is great. I like the fact that it kind of chooses a side and doesn't do the whole, is this in somebody's head? Or is it real? It's definitely real. It's it's a demon story. It scared the fuck out of me. I'm also not someone whose stomach is easily churned, but there were scenes that just really shook me early on. And we just reviewed a movie called Shook that did not shake me at all. There was a lot of shades of hereditary in this movie to me, although hereditary was sort of looking at a younger side, this is really looking at the older side. I would say that I like this more than that movie. Wow. Um, Strong praise. (laughs) No, I've actually heard other people comparing this to hereditary in the sense that, like, this got me the way hereditary was trying to get me, but didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel. I think hereditary lost me in the last 10 minutes. Although I was with it all the way up until then, and this one had me all the way through. Yeah, so with that, I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 bloody chopping boards. Everyone's like, you took mine! (laughs) (laughs) Melina? I think that we have only said good things about this movie so far. And what you said about Hereditary, where it lost you in the last 10 minutes, I was so completely with this movie. 15 minutes in, I was like, I love this and cannot wait to talk about this. It lost me down to the second I looked at it. It was when there was 20 minutes left. Because I thought that this movie did such an amazing job of making you feel like there is definitely a mystery going on here. Something with the mother, something in her past, maybe even something with who the hell was that guy who shows up every once in a while in the movie? Was he the uncle or something like that. He's got a small role and you feel like whatever this entity is, it's not just preying on the people who are staying in the house with the parents. It's it's messing with him too. Everybody in this is being affected by this thing in, in unique ways. And I'm like, God, I cannot wait for the shoe to drop at the end where we're going to find out what exactly it is that either summoned this thing or what's causing it to feed on these particular people. And even if it had gone in a direction where I maybe thought it was silly or was a little 
overwrought. I would have at least appreciated that instead of feeling like the movie just said, ah, fuck it, we're not even going to explain any of that. And it felt like it made everything that seemed scary and made and all the questions that I wanted answered, it made all of them feel like red herrings, where it's like, oh, well, that didn't actually mean anything, or if it did, we're not going to explain why it did. I'm not a person who's upset with ambiguity in horror movies. I am one of the few people who loves The Blair Witch Project. I know people crucify me for that, but I do. I can deal with a movie that has an ending that says, no, we're not going to explain everything to you. But this one was such a great slow burn where you feel like it's revving and revving, only for it to just stop the car and get out in the last 20 minutes. And it seems like I'm probably alone on that, but it left me sitting there going, what the fuck was the point of all that? I loved this movie up until that point so much that it really hurt that I disliked the last part of it as much as I did. With that in mind, amazing imagery, score is creepy as hell, and I think that if you're one of those people who wants something that's a slow burn and actually asks you to do a little bit of work with horror instead of just throwing jump scares at you and cats, then you're really gonna like this and you may not have a problem with the ending like I did. So I'm gonna give it three out of five times that I thought someone was going to use one of those antlers as a weapon because goddamn, they had a lot of them. <laughs> I like it when people throw cats at me. I don't know. It's just me. But I was going to say, Melita, I was one of those people who hated the Blair Witch. I was so mad at it. I was like, go stand in the corner, end of Blair Witch. I hate that movie. <laughs> I actually like the 2016 one more. I have no idea why. I do too. Oh, I was like, you're the only it. one. And people, people were like, what? You crazy? It's horrible. I'm like, did you like the original? The original's a classic. Ah, see, there we go. You have no taste. No, true, <laughs> just kidding, true. That wasn't Mike Flanagan's, was it? <laughs> no, that was Adam Wingard, the guest. You're next. Yes. Awesome, awesome filmmaker. I even kind of like Death Note, even though I've never read any of the material for it, so everybody will crucify me on this review. Nathan, what do you think about The Dark and the Wicked? Melina, you're not completely alone in the fact that I like the first half far more than I like the last half. I just sort of have that taste for that sort of slow burn sort of aspect. And, you know... As movies like this and Hereditary reach their ending, they almost have to throw everything but the kitchen sink like at you at, before the movie ends. I felt like this, well, it wasn't like the worst last 20 minutes. It certainly could have been better. But honestly, I just really enjoyed how just simple, straightforward, and effective this movie was. The visuals were great. The sound design, we have not talked enough about that. I was listening to it with headphones, and it scared the shit out of me in the middle of the afternoon. Me too. It does this thing with sound. You're not going to notice unless you have your stereo set up in actual stereo, because it's constantly turning off and on in either channel to create a sense of dissonance that's, like, super effective. Oh, yeah. It's great. And then Marin Ireland was fucking incredible at showing that grief on her watching a loved one slowly start to disappear i've dealt with similar situations in my past and that really related to me but overall it's just a super effective movie i highly recommend if you have shutter fucking getting on this which you should get on shutter if you listen to one of us and like horror you have no reason why you are not on shutter it is cheap enough and is one of the best streaming services. I would give this 8 out of 10 uncut mushrooms in my miso soup. <laughs> I can't get with you guys about the ending. I thought the last 20 minutes were so intense. It was unbearable in a good way. Agreed. I'm fucking frozen. I'm literally wiping tears away that because my, I'm not blinking. I like. <laughs> I thought it was super intense. Now, I get what you're saying, Melina, with like you wanted answers. And I think part of that is because you want a way out. You want there to be a solution. This ain't one of those movies. Mm -hmm. This is not a feel-good horror film with that only is going to leave you with a chill when they have a final, no, the killer's still alive, flash at the last minute. It's not one of those. This is one of those, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you try. 
this is never going to leave you. This is more powerful than you type horror films. And it is unrelenting and it is bleak and it is depressing. And it's kind of perfect for me. (laughs) I was like, it's rare a movie can pull this off because usually these kind of movies are too slow to really get into. And this one just finds its balance early on and it makes it work. And I like that it's steadily accelerating the whole time, but doing it just that, just steadily until by the end, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, (laughs) there are no answers. And I think that that reflects the metaphor, which is, as Nathan was saying about watching a loved one die, dealing with all those emotions, there aren't going to be any answers for that either. Like no one's going to come in and go, oh, well, here's what you wanted to know. No, that's never going away for the rest of your life. And neither are the feelings that the dark and the wicked will give you. (laughs) I would not be surprised to wake up from more than a few nightmares after experiencing this particular one. And I wouldn't be surprised by people who walk out of this movie because they're like, this isn't the kind of horror movie I like. If you want your horror movies to be more like Bruce Campbell-y fun, then this is not your movie. Like, if you're like, yeah, I don't like that kind of super, super dark stuff. If you're more like, man, I wish we had more like The Exorcist. This is what you've been looking for. <laughs> this is the one. The Dark and the Wicked. I think this is tremendously good elevated horror, although I hate that term. Some people require it in order for films to pass muster. I'm sure there's already someone out there coming out with arguments to defend this movie as why it's not a horror movie because it's so good. Rolls eyes audibly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this nine and a half out of 10 goats that should be evil, but are actually adorable and cuddly. Those goats were adorable. If you've ever spent any time with goats, they are, they're super smart. They're like really, really loving. They are just good animals. And it's a shame that like Satan has claimed them. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> Them and the black cats. I'm like, for God's sake, they're the cutest cats, and yet they're the ones that everybody leaves. Yeah, black cats to this day get abused and abandoned because people are just that dumb. Yeah. So don't be surprised at any elections anymore because, for fuck's <laughs> sakes, they're abusing animals over the stupid shit they believe in. 